Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to episode 26. Today's problem, Deacon Hamburg Sivers. How to save your marriage without counseling, part two. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock, but don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical. Uh, I want to do set up uh, part two of my interview with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Um, uh, he's a prominent deacon in the Catholic Church. He is very... Uh, you know, very outspoken about masculinity and, uh, how many to man up. Um, he's, he does a lot of, um, you know, working with, uh, couples and stuff and, and counseling, but his main focus these days is on speaking. But I just want to, um, you know, kind of bring it in again to let you know, um, how, um, and remarkable this cat is and how he, um, he, if you listen to him and, and the things he's saying, it'll help your marriage, uh, even when you're single. And so in this, th- we're going to get into the relate in this, uh, episode, we're going to get more episode 26. We're going to get more into the, uh, the relationship questions of, you know, uh, the state of masculinity, um, how women can, you know, encourage men to man up and stuff like that. So without further ado, Oh, oh, if you want to get, uh, the first part of the interview, that is, uh, episode 25. Um, so you can just go to the blog, go to the blog and it'll be right there at the top. Um, and also it'll be in the show notes. So without further ado, here is episode 26 interview with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, how to save your marriage without counseling part two. Okay, so in your opinion, what is wrong with the state of masculinity and why is it being attacked? Okay, well, men have really uh, forgotten what it means to be real men. You know, God lays out right in the beginning in Genesis chapter 2 about authentic manhood. He says, Lord put man in the garden to till and to keep it. So the word for till in Hebrew is abad. That means a work that's in the form of service. Mm -hmm. And to keep is shamar, which means to protect and defend. So what Mm -hmm. God is doing by placing the man in the garden, he said, your job is to serve, protect, and defend. Amen. Yeah, I'm giving you, this is your purpose. (laughs) This is your calling. This is your vocation. This is your mission. This is your purpose. Bam. Serve, protect, and defend. That's it. Man failed in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. When Satan came up trying to destroy the man's family by trying to destroy his wife, Mm-hmm. He stood there and said and did nothing while Satan destroyed his family. And we got too many men who are standing around doing nothing while Satan destroys, or tries to destroy the family, tries to destroy the church, and tries to destroy the culture. It's because, Deacon, they, like we just said, they don't really realize that when God took Adam, up, Adam out and said, look, I put you in charge to name all the animals in the mountains. I put you to charge to do this. Like you just said that that was God saying, okay, man, you're responsible for this. Yes. And I think that if men, we don't really know that it's our responsibility, man. But if most men, I think if we tell them and they knew that, look, this is all your responsibility. I think it will start to take more. 
Mm-hmm. Right well, now, we're just distracted. Well, th- think about it. How long has God been father? Ever. For all eternity. Mm-hmm. But he allows men to borrow his sacred name, Father, for the brief time that we're on this earth. Whether we're men, like uh, me and you who have children mm-hmm. as fathers, or priests who are called fathers, or young men who are single who are fathers in the culture. You know? Right. So we're all, fa- so lo- God has allowed us to borrow that sacred name. There's responsibilities that come with that. Yes. You know, yes. What, what does it mean to be a father? How am I supposed to live that fatherhood out yes. in the state and life that God has called me to? And to, and to have the courage to live that out boldly and courageously in our culture today to be a witness of God's love in the world today as a man. And so a man needs to see himself as Christ on the cross, a Catholic man. You see himself as Christ on the cross. Yeah. I say Catholic because our Protestant brothers and sisters don't have crucifixes. They have crosses, mm-hmm. but there's no corpus. There's no body on it. Well, yeah, it's happy, happy time all and, the time. And so, but, but most of you life can't is say the that, cross. But I can. <laughs> yeah, but see, mo- <laughs> see, most of life is the cross, right? Psalm and, 90 amen. by Moses yeah. says our span is 70 years or 80 for those who are strong. And most of these are emptiness and pain. Mm-hmm. They pass swiftly and we are gone. You know, so. Um, so, so for the brief time we're here, we have to need to exercise that manhood. So a, a Catholic man needs to see himself, as Paul says, I preach Christ and Christ crucified. I want to know nothing except the cross of Jesus Christ. And he says, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in, in me. me. I've been crucified by Christ. Yep. And so we need to see ourselves as Christ. It means what do we have to do as men? We have to break ourselves open and pour ourselves out in love mm-hmm. for our wives and children, yes. for the church, if we're priests, and then for the culture. That's the who we're supposed to be. That's what we're called to be as men. And, and so Paul in Ephesians 5 is trying to return us uh, to get us back in the right mindset again uh, so we can truly be the, the fathers that Christ created and called us to be. So what can women do? So I'm going to test your mind a little bit. What can women do to encourage men to step up and take responsibility for their households, family, and the church? Yeah, see, the thing is that men have been so effeminized, you know, with, with this whole... um women's lib movement in the 60s and, and contraception and the breakdown of the family. You know, the the the, the um, play, uh, roles for men have been so diminished that they're just they're almost given up. And so what happens is without the men there, the women try to take on masculine roles. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to... Well, do- they almost don't have a choice because yeah, so, it has to be done. That's why I don't really blame women... Because the, the the task has to be done. Somebody has to do it, right? But a woman cannot take the place of a man. Right. They try, right, but they can't. Right, oh, right, right. You know, just and like a man course. can't take the place. Well, I mean, th- right. that, that's why God put both of them together. Amen. You know? So, so what my mother did, again, she put other, she pointed me and directed me toward other male figures because she knew that was a, a role that she could not fill. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do as men is remember um, you know, where we are, we, we have choices to make, right? So if we're going to make a choice to be a husband and a father, we have to live out what that means in our, in our lives as men every single day. Every we day. We have to make that, our job, remember, is to serve. So the reason why a man is the head of the house is not because he's the boss. If a man thinks he's the boss in his house, he's an idiot. He got problems. Because he ain't the boss of nothing. He really ain't. You know, Jesus gives us the model. I have not come to be served, but to serve, to serve, to, to get, lay my life down. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a man does. He's called to give himself, to pour himself out, to die to himself every day, to live for his wife and his children, for the church and for the culture. That's what an authentic Catholic man does. 
And a, a man doesn't see, but the man doesn't want to look at the cross because we're so effeminized. We're so lost in pornography. We're so lost in the temptations of the culture that we don't want to look at the cross because either we're too afraid to look at the cross. You know, right. I, I don't want to look at that. It yeah, hurts, I, hurt. I don't want to look at that. You know, I want the pleasure. I, you know, I want, yes. I want this. I, I don't want the cross. I want the easy way out. So that's mm-hmm. how we get hit it and quit it. That's how we get, you know, friends with benefits. That's right. Where we treat women as objects for pleasure and gratification Utensils, because we're listening I'm, to the culture. Fork, it's a knife. That's all she yeah, is. Yeah, we're listening to the voice of the culture, the voice of Satan in the culture, just like it did in the garden. Yep. Listen to the voice of Satan and not listening to God. Yep. And so we need to, so men need to step up and say, no, no more. I, I will accept my role and responsibility to be, uh, the man that Christ calls me to be and have the courage to do that mm-hmm. and to step up and say, no, because once a man is able to do that, then a woman feels more relaxed. Okay, now I can take the role that, that God has called me right. to do. Because it's a lot less and now, and now there's a balance in the yes. relationship. Yes, yes. And and that's what I think when we're talking about the scandal, and I think that's where a lot of the men in the Catholic Church have started growing wrong. Laity and our leaders is that they have forgotten what their role is, what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, and and I think that if we if we can start holding people more accountable, which means like what me and you are doing right now, we're calling it out. Sure, you know, we're painting a picture so that hopefully people will start to to think about what's going on really and and do something to solve it. Yeah. So. And we got to stop making excuses. You know? Don't even uh, get me well, going you on know, that. oh my I'm just this way cuz my father was that way. Well, guess what? My father was that way too, but yeah. I'm not that way. Right. Cuz I am not my father. I can make choices and decisions. Here's the bottom line for me. The past helped shape me into the person I am today, but my past does not determine my future. I determine my future with the Lord. Exactly. Are you here to build a better marriage? Do you worry daily about the state of your relationship with your wife? Do you really understand how she thinks, how to keep her happy, her deepest needs and desires? Would you like to regain the respect, intimacy, devotion, and communication you once had? Or better yet, make your marriage better than it was, holier than it was, more impassioned than it was. Not sure where to begin? Visit www.savemycatholicmarriage.com and save your seat for the Marriage Masterclass today. If you're ready to man up, Get your woman back and battle for your marriage. Visit www.savemomscatholicmarriage.com and enter the marriage masterclass now. For husbands, what are three? What are the uh, the three most important things you um, things you do in your marriage to keep you out of divorce court? So, what are three things you <laughs> can tell them to keep them out of divorce court? court? I, I didn't say annulment because people yeah. the first thing they do is go to the divorce lawyer. So, we're gonna start with that. <laughs> All right. Well, three things. I think one of them is listen to your wife's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, 
St. Benedict in the, in the prologue of his rule for monks says, listen, my sons, to the master's precepts and incline the ear of your heart. Right. So for St. Benedict, the heart, just like for the Jewish people, wasn't just an organ that pumped blood through the body. The heart was the seat of the will. The heart was the place where your desire for God lives inside of you. Now, women, uh, I think, are the very heart of God's love, you know, um, because women have a special intimacy with the Holy Spirit, yes. uh, they, who they cooperate with as life givers and life bearers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think God, in a sense, when he created women, pulled from his heart to create her. You know, and so we have to listen to my wife's heart. Like, for example, if I don't listen to my wife when she's trying, we're having a a conversation about something in our marriage, something with the kids, I need to listen to her um, because I really believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking through her. And if I don't listen to my wife, then I am a fool. And yes. And it's in ethnic scripture somewhere, man. I yeah, and it doesn't make and it doesn't make you it doesn't make you less of a man no, by listening to your wife. It doesn't. That's the see. That's because the we got to get out of that mentality. You if you don't listen to your wife, who loves you more than anything in right, the world, right? Exactly. And you gonna go listen to some stranger on the street, which with men we do that a lot. Yes. We'll go listen to some stranger. They don't know nothing. Don't care about us before listen to our woman. That's right. Because look, your spouse helps you to become. More of the person who God created you to be. Amen. Exactly. <laughs> right. Don't we say in the culture, she brings out the best in me. Yeah. Right. The secular culture says that. Yeah. So that, that is, that is a natural law foundational principle in marriage. So that, that's one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the second thing is, is to remember what your role is, right? To serve, protect, defend. That means you have to be the priest in the home. Mm-hmm. What's the main job of a priest? To offer sacrifice. Oh. And so you have to pray with your wife. <laughs> you have mm-hmm. to pray with it. Now, okay, look. Some guys don't want to pray with their wife. They make excuses. I don't have time, or she's the spiritual one, or I'm uncomfortable praying with my wife. Those that's are excuses. Being, that's just being effeminate, dude. That's that's just that's just excuses. So look, even if you just pray with your wife, like you say in our father together. Mm-hmm. So you know, so because the, the intimacy that guys want is the physical intimacy, right? But but what's going to really move that relationship to that next level, keep you out of divorce court, is the deeper spiritual intimacy. Exactly. The you closeness. See? The closeness. Yes. You know, how God wired us, men and women are different. Men want the physical intimacy so they can feel close. Women want to feel close so that they can have the physical intimacy. Yes. Just like wired backwards, right? Yes. And so what we men have to realize is that I have to speak to my wife's heart. I have to be the server. I have to pray and do the spiritual things. So that we can move the relationship to to the level that we need it to as men, and realize you know? that it's hard and difficult. You sure like it is. Last night I gave a, a talk at uh, Crisil, and um, that's one of the things I said that to the men that prayer is an offering of suffering and sacrifice. Yes, and they and and we and we have to understand. We I know it's hard, dude. I know prayer is hard. We you know it's hard. Yes, but yes. that's that's our courage coming out, giving our sacrifice for our family and our wives and our marriage, and to push through those dry periods of prayer. You know, sometimes prayer, you know, you're into it, you know, and you know every day. But then sometimes it's just like, okay, whatever. I'm tired today. <laughs> but you yeah. just push through it, man. You just you keep praying. You have keep you doing ever it. noticed that when you're fasting, that and you get tired and wore out that and you go to adoration or something that you you it's like you come to God better um, you connect with God more sure absolutely absolutely I, mean, I cuz yeah. cuz fasting empties you cuz the, the the physicalness of the fasting the, you're hungry cuz what cuz what that was reminding you you're not hungry for food you're hungry for Jesus Christ and only Jesus wow. Christ can fulfill the deepest hunger 
of your heart. That's why fasting is so powerful. Yeah. Because it realizes the emptiness of food or whatever. You're fasting for your favorite television show. You're fasting from from something that you love mm-hmm. because you're uniting that with your prayer. Because remember, Jesus told the 72 came back. We could do all this great stuff, but there's some demons we couldn't cast out. We don't know why. Jesus says there's only some demons that can be cast out by prayer and fasting, fasting. together. So that's a powerful combination. And people don't, and some people don't realize that they think I can go out and do all these works. I like works too. I'm, we're do, me and you are doing works right now. Mm-hmm. But without prayer, dude, that stuff really it doesn't really. Do, well, what does James know? say? Right, faith without works is dead. Dead, 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 dead. <laughs> so did you give me the third one? Oh, that, that one? Okay, that's two. Okay, <laughs> all right. And then the third one, I think, is to have you have to have time together as a couple. It's date nights, at least once a month. You know, go get a babysitter, go to a movie, go to dinner. And when you're at dinner, of course, you're going to spend the first few minutes talking about the kids because yeah, that's what you do. Mm. But then after that, you say, hey, how are we doing? Are we okay? Are, are you happy? I mean, is there anything I need to be working on? Is there anything that, that I'm doing that's upsetting you? Is there is, is something more I could be doing? And you, you have that back and forth with your spouse, you know, and, you, and look at it. You're doing it over dinner. Relaxed. Over something you're enjoying, you're relaxing. Nobody's it's upset. It's not no pressure. No There's pressure. no like five hour conversations and nagging. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're having an open conversation. Then after you go to a movie, you relax, get some popcorn, get some, you relax, you know? Or if you, if you can't do that, how about a, a date night in house? You know, like put the kids to bed. I'm good at Then you go get some takeout. Thinking. You know, and while you're doing the takeout, you sit at the dinner table. Hey, how we doing? Having a conversation. Yeah. Then you watch yeah. some on Netflix. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you, but you have to do that. Why? Because you ever wonder why couples get married for 30 years and get divorced? Think about it. They get married 25, 30 years. They've been married longer than they were single. Mm-hmm. Why do they get divorced? Because when the last kid leaves the house, it's become, it's become about managing the marriage. The bills, the mortgage, taking the kids to soccer, my career, and all that kind of stuff. You don't work on your marriage it's because you're both managing the house. Right. And then when the last kid leaves, you look at each other. What are we oh, going to do who, now, who baby? Are you? <laughs> who, uh, what? You know, oh, I, who? I don't know you. you know, so, so you, you, that's why I, we grew apart. That's your fault for growing apart. <laughs> right. You got to do the fault. things. That, that, exactly. Yes. Like, for example, yes. I'm on the road here for two weeks. When I go home this weekend, I'll be home for three days before I have to go back out again. I already told my mind, we going on a date. We, we having a date yes. night. And yes. she said, yes. She says, yeah, absolutely. We're going on a date night. Yes. She's looking forward. So we're both something we're looking forward to. So the See? three things, listen, 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 y'all. The three, number one is learn what your mission is as a man. Protect, defense, serve. Number two is build intimacy through prayer. Uh, and the marital embrace. You build intimacy. Number three is you spend time with your wife to make so that she feels closer to you so that she'll want to do what? Take her out, build it. Then she'll want to do what? Build the intimacy some more. See how that works. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For single men, what are the three top things that a single man can do to find the woman he's meant to marry and build a family with? Well, first of all, you got to stop looking at porn. That, yeah. That's got to be completely cut out of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, see, here's the problem. Men look at porn. One of the reasons why they do is they say, well, well I'm not having sex. So I'll just look at porn. But what pornography does, it, 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 you get so used to the images and so used to the physical release connected with those images that your desire for real intimacy, actual physical intimacy with a real woman goes down. Yes. 
I mean, this. Yeah. I mean, physically. I mean, there there are chemical reactions in your brain and in your body that actually make you want. It's like it's like a hit of coke. The, the more drugs you do, not like I've done coke. I just wanted to. <laughs> right now. I don't know what that's like. Clear. I'm just, I'm just, but but what the scientists tell me yes. is that <laughs> the book I read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that it has the same kind of reaction as as doing drugs right in, in your brain releases the pleasure chemicals and, and things like that so so ultimately so eventually you need more to get the same effect right? right and that's what happens with pornography so you gotta stop looking at porn and and figure out why am i looking at this is there an emptiness is there a hole in my heart in my being somewhere that i'm trying to fill with this pornography is there a hunger? Is there a desire that I'm, that's not being met? And I think I'm filling it with the alcohol. I think I'm filling it with the drugs. I think mm-hmm. I'm filling it with the porn. So I would get a good spiritual director. If, if you're, have a problem with pornography and, and, and sit down and say, what, and try to discover within yourself, what is it that's not being met? It's probably a need for intimacy that we all have. Yes. But how can I find that intimacy? You know what I'm saying? Without, Degrading myself and the and eventually the woman who ended up being my wife because mm-hmm. no man thinks of his wife like that. No, you know. So that's and that's once he one starts, thing. he's trying to get away from her after that. If he starts thinking, of yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. That's one. The number two, I would say, is to really like serve, protect, and defend, and to be a witness of what that looks like in the culture today. You need to be countercultural as a man. Here's what I mean. Let me give you an example. Um, I worked in campus law enforcement for, for a long time, right? I, I was chief for the last 11 years of my career hmm. before I left and did this full time. Mm-hmm. And say you're at a, uh, you're at a party, right? And you got this, you got your red cup, you know, you're drinking and, um, you see a, a woman, young woman there who's a little tipsy, you know, a little tipsy. And you see another guy g- take her arm, Iron. take her into a room and close the door. Mm-hmm. Now, you looking at that saying, now you got two choices. You can say, oh man, that dude's going to get something. Or you can say, mm, that ain't right. You know, this, this, this girl, that's somebody's sister. That's somebody's daughter, you know? And so you go in that room and you say that young lady, excuse me, can I call you an Uber to make sure you get home? Say, can I call you a Lyft to, you know, make sure you get home okay? You know, and, and, and you make sure that that what happened in that room don't happen. You know, that's standing up and being a man that God calls you to be. Yeah, that's you're a witness. Get threatened with some with a butt whooping. You know that. The, the other, dude, other dude's gonna threaten. That, the, gonna hey, that's you with okay. A butt whooping. Right. That's okay. And that's what I be trying to do. Doing the right sons, thing, man. Look, sometimes you whoop ass, and sometimes you get ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, what I'm saying is, it's a courage thing. It's a courage thing. It's what's what you're saying. You gotta have the courage to walk in there and say, especially if you if it enters your mind. And you get a little fearful. You got that's where courage, the courage of Christ, man. Walk in there and say, "Look, what you said." Yeah, you can say it's none of my business. It's none of my business. Or you can say, "You know what? I, I need to protect the dignity of this woman. Yeah, this beautiful woman made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, you know." So that's two. Mm-hmm. And then third, I would say, you know, um, if you're trying to, to to find your wife, the best place you could do that adoration. You ain't gonna, Amen, brother. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna find your, 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 your future spouse on Facebook. No. You ain't gonna find her Instagram. You ain't gonna find it in the club. No. Call me whip. Call me nay nay. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna find, you ain't gonna find her there. No. You know, you're gonna no. find her, you're gonna find her kneeling in adoration, praying for her future husband. You really gotta pray for your, the, the woman you want. Amen. Man. That's you really it. Do.
Um, name the worst marriage situation you've encountered in your counseling sessions and how did you handle it? Yeah. You know, sadly, I'm not doing a lot of counseling sessions anymore because I'm not active in the Paris like I used to be because right. I'm traveling so much now. Right. But um, <laughs> I had a situation where there was a, 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 a younger couple, I'd say in their early 30s, and they, they had probably six kids at this point. And, um, you know, young couple and, but the guy had a very strong gang background. He, in fact, he saw his father killed in front of him in his own house. Mm-hmm. Uh, gang members broke in. They, I guess they wanted drugs, something from the, the, the dad. Dad wouldn't give it up. So they killed the dad in front of the kid. And he saw that. So he's carrying around a lot of stuff from his past. Yeah. A lot of baggage, yeah, yeah. which obviously he brought into the marriage. And he thought, oh, I got this handled, you know, but it's really affecting him. He doesn't realize how much it's affecting, right. especially the, the anger outbursts with his wife. We're at a point where she's scared, you know, and the kids are scared, you know, and, and he's not dealing with it adequately. And it was really beginning to cost in their marriage. They got, like I said, they have beautiful young kids. Um, and it just hurt my heart. And so I gave them, I gave him very specific things they need to do. And every time they come back, he wouldn't do them. I saw, I finally said, dude, why are you wasting my time? Right. I said, I, I want to help you here. And the things that I'm telling you to do, you need to do these things. And then we can go from there. See, I was going to, but if you're not going to do them, you keep coming back here. Nothing's getting better because you're not doing the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I said, don't come back here anymore. You can do it. And, Come to find out from the, I actually ran into the, the, the young woman's, uh, mother. Oh, boy, you got an earful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> talk, man, I mean, she told me, actually, she told me that the daughter said how much help I was to them, but that the husband was not willing to do the work. So they end up splitting up. Oh, and that just, that, that hurt my heart. You know, um, if he would have just had the courage to do the work and it wasn't like hard, hard. I mean, he just had to say, I just got to do it. You know, right. I just got to do it. And he wouldn't do it. You know, um, so that's sad. So, but, so, oh, the, go ahead. so you. the best one, um, uh, well, I guess there's, there's a number of good ones, but, um, there is a, a couple that comes to where I live in the Pacific Northwest. A lot of Catholics end up marrying non Catholics or even yeah. non believers. Right. You know, because, you know, we're out there in, in, uh, you know, the atheist country, you know, um, we got some a party, of the highest, man. We got a party. Come yeah, on. it's the highest population of uh, uh, atheists and agnostics in the United States, I think, in Pacific Northwest. So, so it has its challenges. But you know, it's interesting because it, it, I, I go through the faith with these. I don't hold up back anything from the non-believers, right? But it's very interesting when you get to talking about like natural family planning, how they get it. You know, because th- these are all nature people, organic. Farm to table, you know, yeah. uh, locally sourced produce. I mean, it, that's a big, that's a big, big thing out there. Mm-hmm. So you talk about natural family planning, how it body works organically. That, that's attractive to them. You know, I said, wait a minute. That's, this is for real. There's science to this. You I mean, it's not just guesswork and they hope we don't get pregnant. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole thing. But, and when you show it to them and how it works, they're like, whoa. And, and it actually, so I said, wait a minute. If that's true, you know, I, I heard that that was. Don't know. Or what else have I heard that's wrong mm-hmm. about what I heard about the cat? And it just opens their hearts more, you know, and you, you begin to see that process. And you gotta take it's them beautiful. slow. That's what you yeah, exactly. Slow. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the thing is, we take our time. We do about 10 weeks of marriage prep in our parish. And people, well, that's a long, that's a long time. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you look at the way the sacraments are grouped, 
You have the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, Eucharist. You have the sacraments of healing, anointing of the sick and reconciliation. You have the sacraments and service of communion, priesthood, or holy orders rather, and marriage. So how long does a priest take the, the train to be a priest? At least six years. At mm-hmm. least six years. Mm-hmm. How long we prepare people for marriage? A six, weekend? What is it? Six? Two uh, weeks? Whatever. Yeah, they, they do the six the six month thing. Well, who? who? I travel. I travel two hundred thousand miles a year. I have yet to find a parish that does six full six months anymore of marriage prep anymore. Anymore. Yeah. Oh, Some of them do. Wow. Some do. But I I challenge you to find parishes that do it that long. Really? A lot of them won't, won't do marriage prep. We're, we're preparing people to last an entire lifetime by just giving them a few a weekend. Maybe so a few weeks of trend. No, we're not making look good people look good for pictures. We're preparing them to receive a sacrament. The Holy Catholic Church is going to laugh in their entire life. Wow. And so we need to prepare them much better than we're doing now. And so the more we can make efforts to do that, I think the stronger marriage and strong society will have. So I hope you enjoy part two. Part two of how to save your marriage without counseling with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Uh, part three will be out soon. Um, and as we always do, we conclude with our quote from Pope Benedict XVI. Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You we're made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you, Christian soldier, for listening in today. Do you have a critical or pressing problem in your marriage right now? Want help? Come on the show and ask me in person. We can do this completely anonymously. You don't have to be on camera or say your name. It's totally up to you. I would just love to have you as a guest on the show. More importantly, you would be helping other men as well. Contact me at radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. And lastly, please share this podcast with someone that may need help in their marriage or relationship. Help me save a marriage today.